welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet in New York City. And welcome to my edible brain. Well, no, 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 no. My brain is not edible by you anyway. And not after I die either. Hands off. But you know what I mean. Welcome to Raging and Eating. Anyway, this is Passover week. It's a big week for me and for Jewish people and for people who like Jewish people and for anyone who's into the story of Passover and for anyone who's really into matzo balls. And it's also Easter week. And we just had Palm Sunday. So basically this is a special week for a whole lot of people. Now, my girlfriend just celebrated Palm Sunday with her fabulous Italian family, which for them is an excuse for an enormous feast. I mean, they have these gorgeous meals, which is a fabulous thing. Now, we Jews also have an enormous feast on Passover, but because we're Jewish, we really want you to suffer. You know, that sort of goes with it, the chazarai and the suffering. So we tend to drag you through these three-hour-long seders until we actually feed you. Well, I don't do that. My parents growing up, they would drag us through an hour of a seder, and then we'd get to eat, and then they'd drag us through another hour. And that was, you know, doable. But I went to a couple of seders at my brother's house as an adult, and good Lord, I mean, there in California, my girlfriend and I were on New York time, so we were already kind of hungry when we got there. And we had to wait hours before we ate anything. And I'm like, oh my God, kill me now. This is like worse than the 40 years in the desert. So from that point on, I learned two things. Always have dinner before you go to my brother's Passover Seder. And then ultimately, just don't go to my brother's Passover Seder. That's sort of solve that problem. I like to have painless satyrs. Satyrs that move quickly. Well, first of all, I feed everyone right away. The second they walk in the door, have some latkes with sour, with, well, not with sour cream if I'm serving meat, because I'm old-fashioned, but certainly with applesauce. You know, I don't mix the meat and the dairy out of tradition, but nobody I know cares about that, so I don't know what that's about. But anyway, I just annihilate everyone with latkes and applesauce, my homemade applesauce that I love to make with red delicious apples. And then I give them my gorgeous hero sets, which is my favorite thing to make on Passover. It's so simple. Just chop up Macintosh apples. I only use Macintosh apples and walnuts. Only walnuts, not almonds or cashews. Everyone else makes it different way, but I like it that way. <clears throat> And then I put it in a food processor for a couple of pulses with a good amount of Manischewitz, that sweet Passover wine, or Kedem sweet Concord great Passover wine, and ground cinnamon. And I don't know why this tastes so good, but man, the Passover wine, and it's got to be the sweet sugary Passover wine. If you wanted to imitate it on a day other than Passover, you could use a nice port might work, like a ruby port, but 
Anyway, it would be delicious, actually. And the walnuts and the Macintosh apples and the cinnamon, yum. We'll eat that on matzah. I'm gluten-free, so I eat that on gluten-free matzah. I love it. But every Passover, as an adult, I try to kind of make my own spin because I realize that most of the people I knew didn't really have access to a family, so I would have these orphan Passover seders and invite over everyone. Jewish, Christian, <clears throat> not neither, atheist, you know, whatever. Everyone was welcome. And I don't have my tequila, so I'm getting a little tickle in my throat. But I'm taping this early in the morning, and I do have to function in the world today, so it's best if I don't drink any tequila. Anyway, so I started doing a feminist Passover Seder because women are just not honored enough in the Bible. I mean, yeah, we got Ruth, you know, she was loyal. Esther, she basically had sex with the king and got him to leave the Jews alone. But, you know, like a warrior. Now, I know there were women warriors, but they never get honored in the Bible. And not in the Passover story. You know, Moses' mother put him in the basket and sent him down the Nile, so he got rescued and taken into the royal family, as it turned out, instead of him getting killed. But really not a lot of female heroes. It's a very sexist thing, religion. Christianity, the Muslim religion, the Jewish religion. You know, we don't get to celebrate real feminist heroes. So I turned it around on my own and celebrated great women, powerful women. So let's hear it for Eleanor Roosevelt. She was excellent. Put her in the Seder, why not? Golda Meir, put her in the Seder, why not? great women. I love Hillary Clinton. I love Barbara Streisand. I love Bette Midler. If we're just going to do the Jewish women, give us Barbara and Bette, please, Lord. If they had just given us Barbara Streisand, Dianu, but they also gave us Bette Midler. Amazing. Now we have Sarah Silverstein. She's also amazing. Anyway, so I started doing that. But this year... Of course, I still honor great women, not just Jewish women, great every woman. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that's another awesome Jewish woman we could honor on Passover. But this year I thought, you know, really, the Pharaoh is Putin. I mean, what a horrifying, evil, nasty dictator man who wants to murder people left and right, innocent people. If he's not the Pharaoh, I don't know who is. And Ukraine, that is standing in as the Jews or Hebrews, whichever you want to call us, who were enslaved by the Pharaoh. Only Putin doesn't want to enslave the people of Ukraine. He just wants to murder them willy-nilly, children, civilians, hospitals, anybody. Just murder them. So Putin, you ugly dingleberry, smart-ass, 5,000 curse words that I just, just fill in your own curse words. I've got a lot of venom for him. You are the Pharaoh. And so this Passover, I'm sending all the plagues to you. Now, for some reason, every Passover, I always say there's 12 plagues. And I don't know why I say that, because I guess it's because there's 12 tribes of Israel. And, but there were only 10 plagues, although some people think there were 11 And I know some people who thought they were 13, so who knows. But let's just say 10, because life is short. 
So if we're gonna send ten plagues out on Putin, let's call let's give him a different name. He doesn't even deserve his name. Let's call him what he is. Po- Puny. Puny. Hmm. Well, that's not bad enough. PP. PP. Well, I think he might like that. Hmm. Petite? Well, that's too classy for him. Eh. I need a good P name. I'm going to think about it. But for now, pity. Pity? Let's pity him. No, I don't want to pity him. Plausible? No. Poo poo. Poo poo. Yeah, he's a big old turd. Okay. All right, we'll just keep his name for now because none of those are bad enough for him. But the evil pharaoh, Poo-Poo-Pee-Pee-Putin, we're going to send the first plague on him. And the first plague, let's give him full-body diaper rash. Yes, a plague on you, evil pharaoh, poony pee pee pathetic Putin. Full-body diaper rash. I'm pointing and I'm sending it on you right now. Somehow I believe he's actually going to get it. Yes, a plague on you. Let my people go. Well, it's not bad enough. He's not leaving Ukraine alone yet. Okay, we need worse. All right, so the actual plagues were lice and locusts and pestilence and frogs and blood and all of that. So I sent all of those on him right now. Cover him in lice, cover him in locusts, cover him in frogs, cover him in flies, cover him in pestilence, cover him in blood. That's all one plague at once. Number two, annihilate you, pathetic, pitiful, gross, disgusting Putin. Out, Pharaoh, out. Let my people go. Well, seems like it wasn't enough. Okay, so we need more. Plague number three, I sentence him to 24 hours nonstop of having to watch very loudly infomercials and not the good ones, the really boring ones. Someone has to hold his eyes open, so he has to watch every minute of them without a break or water or bathroom break or anything. Let my people go. Hmm, not bad enough, right? I gotta bring back the frogs. Okay. Plague number four. We're going to bring back the frogs for a little special treat because every one of those frogs, I'm going to say 100,000 frogs, they're all going to try to have sex with Putin. So, plague number four is 100,000 frogs trying to have sex with you, Dingleberry, pathetic Putin, Pharaoh. Let my people go. Still not quite enough, right? Okay, plague number five. It's getting juicy. Plague number five is that you need to be a toll booth collector, ugly pharaoh Putin, on Interstate 95, somewhere in the deep south when it gets, I say maybe in Georgia. And you have to do it wearing nothing but a pink Speedo. Yes. Number five, you are the pathetic, mostly naked, pink, speedo, ugly dingleberry in the deep south, collecting the tolls nonstop for 24 hours. Let my people go. Not bad enough, right? Plague number six, 
how do we top that, right? Plague number six is that you have to be sent to a maximum security prison, general population, and a big sign that you cannot remove on your back that says you're a child molester. And then all of the prisoners can have at you. Yes, for 24 hours. Let my people go, but they can't kill you because you have to suffer longer. Not that I don't wish someone would, but it's not good to wish that. Let my people go. Anyway, plague number seven. I like saying that, let my people go. Plague number seven. We're going to send you to high school in the Bronx, and you have to spend 24 hours Well, actually, let's just say three school days because they won't be there for 24 hours. Walking around completely naked and let all of those high schoolers in the Bronx have at you, whatever they want to do to you. Let them have a good old time. See, my plagues are bad for you, but I try to make them enjoyable for other people. You know, like those prisoners, I think, would really enjoy doing to you what they do to child molesters. And... Those high schoolers, those teenagers in the Bronx. Why do I say the Bronx? Because why not? I think kids in the Bronx can be kind of tough. Could also be some kids I know on the Jersey Shore, some kids I know in a lot of other places in Brooklyn. But anyway, or basically high school kids anywhere tend to be kind of mean, you know? But anyway, let them have at you. Do whatever they want to do, make fun of you, laugh at you, spit on you, urinate on you. Let them have a good old time. That's plague number seven. Let my people go. In this case, let the people of Ukraine alone. Thank you very much. No, you don't deserve a thank you. Just bug off. And plague number eight. Oh, it's getting fun. I'm having a good time. I feel myself torturing the ugly, horrible Pharaoh, but I don't even want to be too near him because he really grosses me out. Okay. Plague number eight is that... Hmm, wait a second. It's brewing. I think you need... A 24-hour-long non-stop workout with Richard Simmons. And he knows what you are. He knows what you do to gay people. So let him just torture you in his own Richard Simmons way. And you have to do everything he says for 24 hours. Actually, you know what? I'm going to stretch that. Let's make plague number... I think we're on plague number eight, right? Let's make plague number eight... Not just Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons and Lady Bunny and RuPaul and every fabulous drag queen you can think of. You have to do everything they say for 24 hours. I think they're going to dress you up like a little girl, probably. Which is, I think, mostly what you are, except that little girls are awesome and you're not. So that's plague number eight. Let my people go. Plague number nine. Because I think you are really a big giant turd is that you should ooh this is a good one I like this one you should walk through the streets of Ukraine again stark raving naked because the people of Ukraine all know and we all know that you have very little to show off down there that's why you're such a bully but you have to walk through the streets of Ukraine past all the people that you murdered, all the places where their homes were destroyed, where their hospitals were destroyed, their train stations, where the children were injured and killed and their families. You have to pass all of them. And all the people of Ukraine can do whatever they want to you. 
Now, they can't kill you because you still have to suffer. But can you imagine what the parents of a murdered child may want to do to you? Can you imagine what the children who lost their parents might want to do to you? Can you imagine what all the people who lost innocent loved ones and their homes and their lives and they're having to live as homeless or in train stations or off to Poland, thank God for Poland, and what they might want to do to you, I hope it's really friggin' horrible, but you have to live through it. So that is plague number nine, ugly pharaoh, pitiful, pathetic, pee-pee-poo-poo Putin, let my people go. And plague number 10 is a really good plague. Plague number 10 is that you suddenly are attacked with a case of honesty. The most amazing, powerful, relentless honesty that ever happened. And everything that comes out of your mouth has to be the truth. So you open your mouth to say to the people of Russia, well, we had to attack Ukraine because they're Nazis over there, despite the fact that the president, who we love, Zelensky, is Jewish, despite the fact that nothing could be less true, despite the fact that the only Nazi we know or anything that bad is you, you ugly bastard. So every time you open your mouth to lie to the people of Russia to get them to keep following you, and every time you open your mouth to convince people not to hate you or just to fall in line, Instead, what comes out is the truth. So you open your mouth, we had to attack Ukraine because there are Nazis there. And instead comes out, Ukraine is full of innocent civilians and people who have done us no harm, just trying to live a peaceful life. And I am attacking them and murdering them because I want their land, I want their country, and because I have an extremely small penis and I need to boss people around to prove that I'm a man. Now that one, the 10th plague, I want to make permanent. Yes, permanent honesty. There's nothing worse for a lying, cheating, horrifying dictator than permanent honesty. I can think of that going to a few other people. You know, it was a great comedy with Jim Carrey when he couldn't lie. Do you remember that? Liar, liar. But, you know, he wasn't an evil guy. You are. An evil guy having to be honest? Well, there you have it let my people go in this case let the people of ukraine go leave them the hell alone so there ugly pharaoh peeny puny disgusting putin with the five thousand curse words i can't say you've been annihilated with 10 plagues now leave ukraine alone somehow i don't think that's going to work entirely but let's just say he needs a little more convincing and the best way for him to get more convincing is for the people of the entire world to rise up. For everyone, more so than they are now, to rise up. I know we've sanctioned him. We're kicking him out of all kinds of things. I know everyone's shaming him, the UN, everyone else. And we're sending weapons, we're sending money, Red Cross, whatever we can do. But it's not enough. So it has to be a real rising. And it ha- I think that is. It needs the Russian people. We had the Russian Revolution. They've done it before. We had the end of the Cold War. They've done it before. We took down the wall. The Russian people need to rise up and drag him into the street. He needs the kind of death Saddam Hussein had. Remember how powerful Saddam Hussein seemed to be and everyone was so afraid of him? 
and he was a terrible murderer and dictator, although it seemed to get quite a bit worse, honestly, after we got rid of him. But I digress. Anyway, so how did he wind up? Hiding under a porch somewhere where he got dragged out and hung, and his, I think his head popped off when he got hung. I mean, that's pretty much what should be happening to peeny, pathetic Putin, right? Let his own people take him down. So do that, Russia. Rise up. Get rid of this bastard. He's not good for you. He's the reason for your problems. You'd have so much more joy and money if you got rid of him. Take him out, you know? It just reminds me of an episode of Dexter. I was, I was thinking about, take him down, Deborah. My girlfriend, I know that joke. That was when um, the sergeant was trying to get Deborah to shoot Dexter instead of her. But, well, you know, you know what happened with that. And you may not even watch Dexter, but you should. But watch it from the beginning. But I digress. Anyway, so our story of Passover this year is with horrifying, pathetic Putin as the pharaoh and all the plague sent on him and leaving the people of Ukraine alone. So there, there you have it. Now I realize I haven't talked a lot about food because I'm too busy annihilating a dictator. You know, a girl can only do so many things in a day. So once I finish annihilating the dictator, then I can get to cooking. But I did a fabulous bas mitzvah a couple of days ago, I have to tell you. And we made the most gorgeous dish. It's not a kosher for Passover dish, but I'm going to talk about that in a second. It's a fried vegan chicken. So you're like, how can you have a fried vegan chicken? Well, there's a lot of different ways you could do it with tofu and seitan and things like that. But this one was great. We got oyster mushrooms. Those are beautiful mushrooms that I use for decorating a lot. They're just fabulous. They look kind of like, I don't know, like something you'd see in a cave, you know? And you, we peeled off each of the oysters, the petals. You got something that looks sort of round with a little bit of stem, a little bit like an oyster with a, with, a, with a stem on it, kind of. I don't know how to quite describe it. Very pretty. And then I made a dry mix with gluten-free flour and a little baking powder and a little salt and pepper and a little cayenne and Cajun spice and a little pinch of sugar. And then I made some wet, because we're vegan now, no eggs. I use soy milk, but you could use cashew milk or almond milk. I don't know about coconut milk. I don't think I want the coconut flavor. I would do soy milk or almond milk or cashew milk. Maybe oat milk could be good, too. Anyway, and in the wet, I put some Frank's hot sauce and some mustard and some more salt and pepper and a little bit of lemon juice. And so I put my mushroom petals in the wet, and then dredge them in the flour, and then we fried them, and I got a beautiful piece of what looked like fried chicken. In this case, they're an hors d'oeuvre, like a a chicken fritter, and I served them with a sweet and tangy barbecue dip that I made. They were the big hit of the day. After I fried them, I sprinkled them with a little more salt because they need a little extra salt on the after they're fried too. But for Passover, I'm going to do the same thing. Only instead of the gluten-free flour, I'm going to do some kosher for Passover cake, um, cake flour, and some matzah meal, and again, the salt and pepper and a pinch of sugar and Cajun spice and everything else, and the wet the same. And I'm going to get some kosher for Passover vegan fried chicken. What do you think of that? Only instead of serving it with barbecue dip, I think I'll serve it 
with my honey mustard I like to make, which is a nice whole grain or Bavarian mustard. Well, I can't do the honey because it's vegan. Vegans don't do honey. In this case, mixed with maple syrup, gorgeous, and a little tamari. Beautiful. Maybe a little bit of Tabasco too. I think that's going to be my dip. Now, if you're a vegan who doesn't care about eating honey, which I never quite understood that one, but I'm told it's because the bees are harassed to get the honey and it's not nice. So the vegans don't like that. Um, so if you do eat, if you do eat honey, then go for the honey, but you know, the maple syrup makes a great dip, whole grain, hearty mustard, maple syrup, yum, 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 a little tamari, in my case, gluten-free tamari, and a little bit of hot, beautiful dip. It's going to be my vegan fried chicken for Passover. I'm going to have a great Seder this year. I've got some good friends for another one of my orphan Passover suppers where everyone is welcome who doesn't necessarily have a place to go. And we have some people who are Jewish, some people who are Christian, one person who might possibly be atheist. It doesn't matter. Everyone is welcome for my Seder. One year, I remember one of my favorite things as a kid was to hide the afikoman. It's when you break off the middle matzah from the Seder plate and you hide it, and the kids run and try and find it, find it. And whoever finds it gets a prize, which we thought was really exciting, except my parents would only give us like a dollar. Which even as a kid, we were like, nah, we wanted more. Five bucks would have been better. But later on, as a grown-up, I remember my girlfriend and I lived in the West Village, and we had a washer-dryer. Now, people in New York will tell you, that is like the holy grail in New York. If you have a washer-dryer in your apartment, good Lord, life doesn't get any better than that. And the fact that it was a big apartment in the West Village, forget it. Anyways, so we hid the Offie Coleman in the dryer. We thought, you know, I, I'm the one who did it. And she was the one who had to go and find it because it was just the two of us. Anyway, I thought, smell me. What a brilliant idea, right? Except that we started drinking the Passover wine and getting a little tipsy and we forgot all about it. And I guess about a week later, we went to do the laundry, put all the laundry in the dryer. Well, honey, you have not lived till you've seen what happens to a matzah in the dryer. Everything, every bit of clothing we had was just, it just had matzah crumbs in it, in all kinds of places, places you could never get out. You know, some of it you could shake out and just wash again and put, you know, try to put it through the dryer again. Well, first of all, it took forever to get the matzah crumbs out of the dryer. But some of it just a year later, you know, you would unroll your jeans and out would come matzah crumbs. It was just about the worst place to ever hide the afikoman. So if you're looking for a good hiding spot, don't do that, okay? Do not hide the matzah afikoman in the dryer. You'll be very sorry. So this is Rossi for raging and eating. And if you're celebrating Easter and you just had Palm Sunday and you're celebrating Passover or you're not celebrating anything but you just really love having matzo ball soup, you know, Dayenu, it would have been enough. I'm happy for you. Dayenu isn't really appropriate there. Dayenu's like, leave me alone, Dayenu. But in this case, whatever you want, embaya, that's what they say in Israel, not a problem. Enjoy, enjoy, have a great week, celebrate, eat, manja. You know what I mean. And Putin, I hope you have a horrible week, and I hope all my plagues get you. I'm dying to turn on the news to find out if they say 
Vladimir Putin is suffering with full-body diaper rash and lice, and we don't know how it happened. Well, then you know how it happened. I sent it to him. Just let me know if it happens, okay? So, again, Rossi for raging and eating, and as always, food is love, and so are you. Now go out and do something awesome this week. Have a great holiday.